Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the greatest show on the internet. This is the RR Show, bringing you the best, the hottest Reddit stories in the most delightful way possible. I hope you're all doing well, as always. This is episode 165, and today we're jumping into r slash let's not meet with our first story from Blue Cat Bunny Man. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My dad and I went hiking a few days ago. My dad is a waterfall fanatic and he wants to see as many as possible. So he and I are hiking along a very pretty trail. We're hiking along a river. It's flowing nicely, there's mountains all around us, the trail is weaving around big, beautiful boulders. I'm hiking almost 30 feet ahead of him, looking for a spot to stop and have a sit-down picnic lunch. And as I rounded a blind curve in the trail, I just freeze. Sitting on the stump, maybe 10 feet off to the right side of the trail, is this guy. He's wearing one of those colorful Baja hoodies, with the hood pulled up and a half mask with rabbit ears. He sees me and stands up right as my dad rounds the corner. We are all three sizing each other up in silence when my dad addresses him. Hey, what's up buddy? The masked man tips his head as if he was deciding what to do with us and then says back, Not much. You uh, aren't the guys I was waiting for. Have a good day. Then he turns and jogs off quickly into the woods. Strapped on his lower back was a large hunting knife, and he had a pistol on his hip. We lost sight of him pretty quickly. We hadn't seen a soul on the trail all day, and we'd been hiking for almost three hours. Needless to say, we left the waterfall for another day and quickly turned around. Once we were off the trail, we reported it to the local forest service and the police. But they said they couldn't do much aside from keep an eye out for any suspicious activity. The masked guy didn't have a backpack or water or anything, which makes me think he had either stashed it somewhere or was maybe camping and waiting nearby. I hate to admit it, but I desperately wanted to go after the guy and ask him who he was waiting for and why. Right, okay, off to an unnervingly creepy start with these today, I see. I mean, yes, I too am very curious about who the fuck and what the fuck he was doing and who the fuck he was waiting for, but there is no fucking way that I will be following him in the woods to find out. I'm happy not knowing, thank you very much. Our next one is from Princess Siren. What would have happened had I stopped my car? To preface this, I love to drive, like hours-long drives to nowhere with no destination in mind. Just me, my music, and the road ahead of me. Living in Nebraska, I often take back roads or lonely highways cutting through the countryside to small towns and eventually cities. And I'd usually take these drives at night as there's less traffic to worry about. I've done it since I've had my license, four or five years ago, 
and I have never once had any sort of issue, nor have I ever run into any trouble. That was until a few nights ago. For reference, I'm a relatively small 22-year-old female and as I've stated before, I often take these drives completely and utterly alone. They're a good way to clear my head when I'm stressed, upset or overwhelmed or for me to get a plan together to sort personal issues out. I've always done these long and lonely drives to get away from the toxicity of my household when I used to live with my parents as a means of coping with their alcoholism. Though now that I've moved out and I'm in a much better place mentally, I don't really have the urge to get in my car and just drive anymore. However, on the night this event took place, I was feeling pretty overwhelmed, stressed and anxious with a clusterfuck of personal issues I'd rather not get into. I felt restless and irritable around my boyfriend, couldn't focus on anything else, and decided I would take a drive to clear my head. My boyfriend was understanding and told me to be careful and to not be gone for too terribly long, since it was getting pretty late. I agree, gave him a kiss goodbye, and left. I drove around our city for about 30 minutes, but I was still feeling on edge about everything transpiring in my personal life, so I decided to drive further north down those familiar dark, winding, one-lane highways. I kept the car at a steady 65 miles per hour taking turns at a slower pace in case a deer jumped out around the bend and I was just admiring the vast empty darkness of the snow-capped fields and barren trees. It was honestly a bit creepy, being all alone with no cars in sight, in seemingly the middle of nowhere. The few houses miles back from the road lightless and the dead cornfields withered away and covered in snow. It was like something out of a horror movie and I half expected to see a ghost pop up in my rearview mirror, or see someone clamber out from the patches of trees dotting the horizon. The only light came from my headlights, and even then I still strained to see through the inky darkness of the night. By now it was just after 11, and I told myself that once I made the familiar roundabout, that would either take you to a small town or back up towards the city, I'd head back to the city and home. That roundabout was still maybe 15-25 minutes away, but other than my imagination picturing the worst, I wasn't really all that concerned. I mean, I was by myself, I didn't have any other motorists to worry about, right? Wrong. As I'm rounding another bend, I noticed a vehicle with its hazards flashing maybe a quarter of a mile or something away from me. It was some sort of sedan, dark coloured, and was angled to where only part of it was on the shoulder while the rest was jutted out onto the road, like they had to pull over in a hurry but didn't quite manage to do that. The driver's side door was flung wide open, and as I slowed my vehicle down and angled it towards the opposite side of the road to pass, I could make out what looked like maybe blood on the inside of the open door. I didn't see anyone on the road or in the car, and I was the only motorist in sight. Cell phone reception is spotty at best in this part of the country, but more often than not you couldn't get reception no matter how hard you prayed, which was definitely the case when I took a glance at my phone to see if I had any service. So a lone female on the road at night pulling up near a vacant vehicle that looked like someone had been attacked on the inside with no cell service. Now I am no dummy, I've watched countless episodes of Investigation, Discovery and Criminal Minds read far too many true crime books to know that this had bad and danger written all over it. 
But there was still a small part of me that was worried something terrible would happen to whoever was in that vehicle, and I thought I needed to help. These roads don't get a lot of traffic late at night, and temperatures were well below freezing. If someone were hurt or in trouble, there was no one and nothing else to help them but me. Still, I erred on the side of caution. I was still driving my car, though a bit more slowly, and as I approached the vehicle, I rolled down my passenger window a bit, shut off the music, and called out, Hey, anyone there? Are you okay? I didn't hear a response. I worried they were passed out or something, but I wasn't about to go and look for them. I told myself I'd call out one last time, and if I didn't hear anything, I would leave, and the moment there was reception, I'd call it in. And if I did hear something, well, I'd figure out my next course of action then. So again, I shout, Hey, what happened? Are you okay? There was silence for a beat, and then I heard rustling in the shadows of the trees, followed by a gruff voice saying, Yeah. I was relieved at first and was about to say something in response or possibly even stop my car and get out, when I noticed three things nearly simultaneously. As I inched my way past the front of the sedan, I noticed there was no damage to the hood or anywhere else on the vehicle, which I found to be strange considering the blood on the inside of the door. In my rearview mirror, I caught a glance of someone coming out from behind the sedan and they were making their way towards my car. Fast. They didn't have any blood on them, or appear injured in any way, and they were wearing a mask. Not like a face mask for COVID or a ski mask or anything normal, but one of those masks you would see in the Purge movies. And they were holding something in their hand. I don't know what it was, I couldn't get a good look, but from its length and shape, my guess is maybe a tire iron or a crowbar. I don't need to tell you that I slammed on the gas the moment I noticed those things and drove like a bat straight out of hell. My heart thundering in my chest and my entire body shaking. My window was still rolled down in my haste and the music was still shut off so I could very clearly hear someone, definitely a man, shouting at me, though I had no clue what they were saying. I just knew I had to get out of there immediately. I stole one last look in my mirror as I drove away, mostly to see if they were getting into their sedan to follow Chase or if they had stopped. The man with the weapon was still standing in the middle of the road, watching me, and right before I looked away from the mirror, I saw a second man emerge from the trees that had been rustling earlier, also wearing one of those creepy masks and no trace of blood on him. I probably broke every law for speeding that night, but I wanted to get as far away from those men as possible. As soon as I made it to the roundabout, I turned towards town, parked in the Walmart parking lot that thankfully still had cars from who I assumed were workers closing up shop, and proceeded to have a full-on meltdown. When I could pull myself together, I called one of my friends, T, who was a police officer, to tell him what had happened and what I should do. He was concerned for me, and after asking if I was okay, where I was, did they follow me, etc., he told me since it was out of city limits, he couldn't do much on his end, but he could get in contact with the local police slash sheriff in that jurisdiction to take my statement and check it out. I agreed, thanked him, and while I waited for police to show up, I called my boyfriend. Through my hysterical sobs and panic, I managed to tell him what happened not even 10 or so minutes ago. He was, as you can imagine, super freaked for my safety 
and wanted me either to come home immediately or drive down himself to take me home. I told him the police were on their way to take my statement so I couldn't leave, and that I was okay, but I stayed on the phone with him until I saw the familiar police cruiser pulling into the lot. I gave the police my statement and they assured me that they would go back to the spot I told them the sedan had been to take a look and that they would try to catch the guy who did it, though with no cameras and no description of the men, I wasn't as sure they'd be able to. I didn't even get the license plate number. Though at the time of my panic, the thought never came to mind until the police were asking if I got it. All they got to go off of was dark colored sedan and two guys with masks. After I gave my statement, I went home and stayed curled up close to my boyfriend the whole night, listening to every sound the house made in fear it would be those guys arriving any minute to finish whatever it was they started. Since the incident, I haven't heard back from the police about whether or not they have any leads, and I'm not sure they ever will. I'm just thankful I'm still here and that I didn't stop my car or get out. I'm not sure what would have become to me if I had. I still have so many questions that have no answers. What were they doing? Why? Was that blood on the inside of the car or just a ruse to get more attention? If it was really blood, did they hurt someone else? What would have happened to me if I'd stopped my car? Needless to say, I won't be going on any more late night drives to anywhere. And I hope I never cross paths with those freaks again. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good job she read all those true crime books. Now, if you guys like true crime, you should check out our other show, The Lantern Archives. If you go onto the rrshow.com, there is a link to the YouTube channel. I'd recommend checking it out on YouTube because it's very video heavy. As you may have guessed, it's our true crime show, and we don't release episodes very often because we put an enormous amount of effort into them. So make sure you go and check that out. It's called The Lantern Archives, YouTube, and it's on Spotify. The next story is in from Plutonium Horse. Don't park on the sides of the road to sleep. Hello. My English is shit, but boy do I have a story for you guys. This took place around two years ago. I was driving to work, a five-hour drive. It was already dark. About three hours of driving, I started to get tired. I bought myself a coffee and some snacks at a gas station and went on. But snacks and coffee can only keep you awake for so long, and I started to feel tired again. This part of the road was nothing but thick, dark, pinewood forest around me. No other cars on the road, nothing. Only insects smashing my windshield now and then. And empty road. I was now extremely tired, and at one point I nearly drove off the road, for almost falling asleep. I have to sleep now. I can't wait for a gas station. I need to stop as soon as I see a place where I can park my car. Anything. When I'm tired, I fall asleep really fast. 
If I'm tired enough, I can fall asleep in the middle of a sentence. When I'm talking. So it's kind of urgent that I find a place where I can stop. It felt like an hour, but probably just five minutes go by and I spot this little pocket in the road. It's like a parking space for quick stops, like, you know, peeing, switching drivers, stuff like that. Not even a real rest area. I stopped here, turned down my windows to check if I hear any weird noises. Total silence. I wind the windows up again. Nothing bad's gonna happen. I haven't seen a car for like half an hour. This road is empty. If someone is checking out my car, I bet it's the cops checking on me if I'm alright. I leave my keys in the ignition and I lock the doors, just to be safe. I adjust my seat a bit to make it more comfortable to sleep, and I take off my shoes and put them on the passenger seat on the right. It is so nice to close my eyes, and I instantly fell asleep. I don't know why, but something wakes me up. I can't really see anything. Some kind of bright light hits me in the eyes. First I thought it was a flashlight, but then I realize it is the high beams from another car in my rearview mirror that's blinding me. I look in my left mirror and see a dude walking up beside my car. Maybe he wants help with something. Should I make it clear to him that I'm in here? He is right beside my left back door. Should I step out and ask him what he's doing? I didn't have to. The dude proceeds to jerk and pull on my left back door. I almost shit my fucking pants when I realize he's trying to force his way into my car. My seat's adjusted for me to lay down, so it's pushed way back. I can't reach the pedals, which makes it impossible for me to drive my car. I slam the car horn and it breaks the silence with a roar, and the dude jumps. That gives me like two seconds to push my seat to reach the pedals. But it's still way out of adjustment, so I'm kind of pulling myself to the steering wheel because my seat is laying flat and it isn't supporting my back. Anyway, I start my car and drive off with a cloud of smoke from my screeching tires. It's hard driving a car with nothing holding your upper body, but I managed. As I leave, I look in the rearview mirror and I can see how the dude stands there and looks at me, and I can see two more guys coming up beside him. What I can see in the silhouettes of their beams, one of them has something in his hand like a wrench or a crowbar. I drove super fast, way over the speed limit. My whole body was trembling with adrenaline and fear. I drove like that for 30 minutes, then I stopped at a gas station to fix my seat and put my shoes on again. I figured out I was only sleeping for like 10 minutes. Well, I didn't have to sleep until I got to my destination, which is surrounded by heavy-duty fencing and the building has an alarm. I told my boss the next day and he said they actually have problems with what we call in Sweden road pirates. Criminals that force you to stop on the road and rob you of everything, including your car, in that specific area. It could just be three nice dudes that wanted to check if I was okay. Then why didn't they just knock my window? The thing in his hand could be a big flashlight. Be safe.
Alrighty, guys, thank you very much for being with us for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. That's going to be it, I'm afraid, for 165. However, however, there was a picture from that poster, and uh, I, will, I will slap that on the website for you. So go to therrshow.com and uh, you can check out the picture of the road. See uh, how long, dark, and scary it was. Thanks, guys. I'll see you in the next one. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.